Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the gospel lesson. The account given to us by St. Matthew of Jesus' miracle of feeding the 5,000 with simple fish and loaves. Well, there was a knock at the door, and the lady of the house came and answered it. And there was a man who was outside looking rather sad. And he said, I'm sorry to bother you, but, but I'm collecting money for a family in the neighborhood that have come on some really hard times. And he went on with great sympathy to talk about the husband who lost his job, that the children were hungry, the utilities were about to be cut off, and worst of all, if they didn't pay the rent this afternoon, they'd get kicked out of their home. And so the woman eagerly responded with great concern, I'd be happy to help, but, but can I ask who are you? And he said, well, I'm their landlord. You can speak about love and concern. We're called to show love and concern. But what does it really look like? How do we demonstrate love and concern? Well, we have a picture of that in our gospel lesson today. The Lord demonstrates what true love and true concern looks like. And it always involves action. And so we're going to examine this. We're going to examine the miracle of of the feeding of the 5,000 from the angle of our Lord's compassion and concern for them. And we'll be reminded that the Lord has the same passion and concern, compassion and concern for you. So Matthew gives us the account. He, he really does so by setting up a comparison between the compassion of the disciples with the compassion of our Lord. He describes Jesus as trying to get away by himself because he's heard the news of John the Baptist's death. And that makes sense, doesn't it? He, he's going to grieve the loss of one who was his relative, the one who had such a special important role in the plan of salvation. He tries to get off by himself, but it doesn't work. The crowd sees where it's going, and they come along and follow him. And Jesus shows his compassion to this crowd, first by healing those who are sick, and then also by teaching. And so that's the picture of compassion that we have with our Lord. While trying to get alone by himself, he shows compassion to those who come after him. The disciples have a a different idea of compassion. As Jesus is teaching, the day goes on and it's getting later and later. And finally, disciples come to Jesus and say that they're concerned about the crowd. They're getting hungry. We need to do something. And what's their solution? Send them home and let them take care of themselves. Two different pictures of compassion. While the disciples were no doubt concerned about the crowd, but weren't they also concerned about themselves? This is a burden for them to have this crowd and have them hungry, to send them home would solve that problem. And how did they know, how did they know that the crowd was hungry? Probably because they were hungry, right? And so that would give them the opportunity to take care of themselves. That their self-interest was clouding what would be truly compassionate. And so that's why Jesus gives them a challenge. You give them something to eat. And as he, they hear this challenge, as Jesus is pointing out to them, true compassion is not sending someone off to defend for themselves. True compassion is providing for them. But as they consider this, they take stock of what they have. And all they can find is five loaves and two fish. Certainly not enough to feed thousands of people. And in their minds, this is proof. We need to send them home. But Jesus was doing something else through this challenge and the test. 
He wanted them to check out the resources. He wanted them to realize they could not feed the crowd. He wanted them to turn back to him. That he was the answer. That he is always the answer. Now when we think about the disciples, are we not reminded of our own idea of compassion and concern? Just like the disciples were concerned, you're concerned about your neighbor, your family, your friends, everybody around you, and you have the best of intentions, but you're always able to demonstrate the compassion that is really needed? Are you always able to step up and to help those around you? Aren't there times that we fail really to act the way that we should? That, that things get in the way. What gets in the way most of all is our own self-interest. We have concern about ourselves as well, just like the disciples. And, and that often takes priority. You see, this is a result of our sinful nature. We're turned in on ourselves. And so while we see the concern of others and while we're worried about that, we're also concerned about ourselves. And sometimes it isn't really convenient to help the people around us. Sometimes it, it gets in the way of helping others. And we also have a problem that at times we lack the resources. The disciples took stock and saw that they didn't have what they really needed. And we don't always have what we need. To, to help others, there, there needs to be love, there needs to be perseverance, there needs to be these things, and yet our sinfulness clouds our love and our perseverance. And in the end then, we have to recognize that just being concerned isn't enough. Sometimes we can fall into that trap. as well, 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 I am really concerned, even if I can't show it. And that might make us feel better. But does that really help the one who's in need? Can you really show love and concern for someone without taking action? Without doing something? This is why we need to look at the way that our Lord shows concern. In Christ, you see one who cares and continues to care. And it's seen in his action. Just think back to Jesus as he hears about the death of John the Baptist and he tries to go off by himself. You can relate with that, can't you? Uh, are there not times where you go through a difficult time that you, you need some time alone to, to work through your feelings, your emotions, especially if you've gone through a loss? There are times where we just simply need to get away. There are places that we have in order that we can be alone with our thoughts and with our prayers. And so Jesus tries to get away, but he can't. The crowd follows. If you're in Jesus' place, what do you do? Isn't it your first reaction? Well, I'm sorry, it's my first reaction is to send them away. I, I need time for myself. And yet that's not what our Lord does. Matthew tells us Jesus saw a large crowd and had compassion on them. Notice what Jesus is doing. He's placing his concern for the people above his own concern for himself and his own needs. And isn't this what our Lord always does? He sacrifices of himself so that he can provide for others. And, and that's the same attitude the Lord has for you as well. He is concerned about your well-being, your physical needs, your spiritual needs, your mental needs. And he's never too busy to listen, never too busy to hear, and never too busy to act. And if we ever worry about that, if we ever wonder about the Lord's concern, we simply go to the cross. There we see 
the clearest example of the Lord placing you above his own self-interest. He was willing to give up absolutely everything. He gave up the glory and honor of being the second person of the Trinity. He gave up the power. He gave up his life. He gave up absolutely everything to die on the cross to take your sins upon himself. And then he rose from the dead so that you would be forgiving. The Lord always acts in concern. He did with the crowd, right? He, he didn't just think about being concerned, but he healed their sick. And most of all, he taught them. He taught them about his love for them. And then he provided the food with the bread and the fish with this miraculous meal. It's always Jesus in action demonstrating his concern. And the Lord continues to do it for you. That's the joy that we have today. As we gather here today, the Lord isn't just up in heaven being concerned about you. The Lord has come to you in his word and announced his love for you, announced that you are forgiven. He's invited you to his meal where he gives of himself so that you would know that you are loved, forgiven, and his concern for you continues. And as you go home, you can be assured that the Lord will continue to provide for you provide for your physical needs as well. He is a Lord who is active in his concern. And in doing so, doesn't he then help us to imitate him? Doesn't he then enable us that we can not only be concerned, but we can take action? When we see the needs of others, it begins with the taking the very first action of prayer, that, that we pray for those around us and those who have needs. It's the most powerful thing that we can do. And that motivates our and, and focuses and, 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 and shapes our thoughts about the people around us. When we're praying for others, it shapes how we see them. It also shapes how we speak about them and how we speak to them. It shapes our eyes and our ears to be open to, to actually reaching out and providing help in other when possible. It's the Lord's love and concern for us that opens our heart to the people around us and enables us to do those very things. It's the Lord who's at the heart of all of this. And so in the end, we're really talking about love, are we not? The care and concern that leads to action, isn't that love? Isn't that the love that is spoken about in our Lord? A love for you that always involves action. The Lord in his compassion was moved to help the crowd. The Lord in his compassion is moved to help you. The Lord in his love and his concern promises to continue to act on your behalf, to provide for you physically and spiritually so that you have all of your needs met. But most of all, his promise is to guard and protect you for all eternity. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds to true faith to life everlasting. Amen.